I lost myself for 28 years. 28 years of lies and dissembling, of fearfully covering up the beautiful truth about how God created me. I can't get those years back, however desperately I wish, but what I can do is use my voice now to help build a world where no one feels they need to hide themselves or make themselves smaller to appease bigotry. We read in the psalm this morning, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. This psalm is a reminder that our loving urges are not hidden from the Lord. Indeed, they are the one who placed them there. When I think back, I can see God's hand leading me out of secrecy and hiding towards the fullness of who God created me to be. It's decidedly strange, though, growing up and knowing something unquestionably true about yourself, deep in your bones, only to be told that it's a lie. I never had some cataclysmic shift in sexual self-awareness because from the time that I knew I was attracted to anyone, I knew that that desire did not correlate with gender. What I possess instead is a series of memories when I learned how other people regarded who I am with derision. It's funny though, what feels so fraught and confusing in the moment can, in hindsight, seem so clear. So many times I wished I could simply extinguish the parts of myself that rubbed with friction on our world, but what I see now is God using the way I was created to show me parts of our world that need to change. So at this point, I am so glad to no longer mourn the ways that I am in the psalmist's words fearfully and wonderfully made. But what I regret instead are all the ways that I tried to hide that truth for so long. I was so scared when I started dating men, so afraid of what the world would say that I hurt people I cared about. In truth, it's pretty hard to date when you're terrified of being seen in public with the object of your affection. How much more love could I have shared with others if I had simply had the courage to be myself without apology? When I left college and started seminary, I had begun to expel the fears that others had placed in my heart. I stood on the precipice of coming out, of finally stepping into the fullness of my humanity when something unexpected happened. I met my wife, and I fell head over heels in love. But as we started dating, all of a sudden, my heart found new fears that inhibited my coming out. What if I'm not queer enough? I'm in a straight passing relationship. I enjoy the privilege of being seen by the world as heterosexual. Do I truly belong in the queer community? And in the darkest recesses of my heart, wouldn't it be easier if I just let the world see me as straight? I wish I had been courageous enough to set these fears aside, but I didn't. Instead, I sat in the closet for another six years. I'm so sad for all the things I missed. The opportunity to march in pride, proud of who I was. Our seminary's queer commissioning service and the chance to be fully authentic with the people I love. 
But then the United Methodist Church made its decision to more deeply entrench their homophobia, and I decided to put together a photojournalism project called Queer Faith, which premiered here at Middle, highlighting LGBTQ religious leaders at Union Theological Seminary, where I was working. And I watched as one after another seminarians stepped forward, some of whom were in the Methodist ordination process, to declare unabashedly, I am queer and I am beautiful. In that moment, I knew deep in my bones that I could not stay silent anymore. I couldn't watch from the sidelines as people with so much to lose spoke truth to power. So I came out. Instantly, I felt the burden I carried lift from my shoulders. It was a visceral, emotional reminder of the truth the psalmist declares. God knows our innermost parts because it was that sacred love that knit them together in the first place. And when we are able to be fully and authentically ourselves, embracing the fullness of our humanity and not just those parts that fit a badly warped cultural narrative, we experience the joy and the pleasure that God desires for each and every one of us. So I'm here to tell you this morning that God does not make mistakes. You are beautiful, sacred, and holy exactly as God made you. If you're gay, rejoice in your gayness. If you're a lesbian, then that is the sexuality that God has willed for you. If your gender identity does not conform to the expectations of a bigoted world, then listen to that voice of God telling you that this is the world's problem. It is not yours. There is so much sadness and shame wrapped up in our sexual lives, and it's time to reject that shame for the sin that it has always been. When we embrace and celebrate the fullness of who we are, we open a door for others to walk through, hopefully without the baggage that so many of us have been forced to carry. God's eyes saw our unformed bodies and created them to know life, to know joy, to know pleasure. God created us to love. So let's go build a world where each of us can stand in the fullness of God's dream. Happy Pride. I'm Edna Benitez. And I'm a Latinx queer woman using the pronouns she and her. Thank you, Jackie, for allowing me this time and this platform to tell my story. Yes, we're living in uncertain times. And I'm constantly grappling with all the dualities in my life. A big part of me just revel in this hot mess, as Jackie would say. I'm energized and expectant because there are glimpses of positive change. Rules that favor brutal law enforcement are being repealed and many leaders are now vowing to revive their policy. God knows, we have a long way to go. And the cost of so many black and brown lives lost has been unbearable. We recently had two major civil rights ruling. DACA, Gold Dreamers, and Work place protection for the queer community. But I'm afraid. Trump has already removed health care benefits for the LGBTQ. Now providers can refuse treatment and testing in the midst of COVID. 
I've enjoyed this concentrated time with my wife during lockdown. It's been over 25 years and she still makes me smile. But the pandemic has forced us, as likely many of you, to look beyond the narrowness of our day and respond to a broken and unjust system. The knee on Mr. Floyd's neck was something we just could not look away from. Finally, some sort of conversion is happening. Whatever you choose to do or choose not to do does affect us all. And it's okay to be uncomfortable because that's when change happens. Because we live in a system formulated by the Constitution that benefits the straight white men. It, does not, it was not made for people of color, the queer community, women, or people with disabilities. The existence of, in, of the inequality in education, healthcare, housing is undeniable. If you're black or brown, you matter even less, especially if you are trans. Duality also exists in my own family. I'm aware that my fair complexion has gotten me much further than my dad's darker hue and fabulous accents took him. I remember as a youngster, my siblings and I shaking our heads in disbelief at how the government inconsistently defined my father's race. There were no category for, for our glorious mix of indigenous African and colonial roots. But we knew who we were and we embrace all of these cultures. I would never identify as white. That would negate my dad and all of my life experiences. I also grapple with the messages of the words. The normative idea can change with the use of a different word. How about striving for equality instead of diversity? How about listening instead of hearing. And what fires me up these days is that when the privileged use the word minority when describing a group of people, because it already implies that you are lesser than. This time last year, I was having brunch with a group of friends celebrating 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Marches parade pad spires and I was really enjoying being a spectator but here I am again marching protesting with inspiring groups of young people I am so proud of them they know that uniting despite their differences black white queer straight and everything in between with a common cause of justice can affect change and they're not willing to wait so my friends I am naturally a pessimist, but right now, as you have heard, I feel a little bit optimist. Uh, just a bit of optimism sneaking up on me because this moment feels like a movement and this movement is accelerating. I invite all my people and especially my white friends to take this terrifying and exhilarating ride until Everyone is truly welcome in God's house and in God's name.
felicidades. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right. Well, Psalm 139, verse 14. What does that say to us? What does that tell us? As I examine this verse, I find strength in it. I am wonderfully made, marvelous. That tells me that at no point in time should I ever doubt myself. This verse didn't talk about or specify with pronouns or names. It spoke generally to all of us, wonderfully made. Marvelous. We have to realize that our Creator thinks the world of each of us. And despite what anyone else thinks, we have to remember that we are marvelous. We ourselves have to look into ourselves and remember that. Read that verse and continue to go through it and really absorb it. And Feel what it really means. When you walk out into the street and you face oppression, whether it's from a boss or from the police or from anyone else, no matter what anyone else tells you, you have to remember, marvelous and wonderful. Many times we forget that. In the midst of everything that is occurring right now in the world, I sit back and I watch and I become fearful. I'm not scared. Because God didn't give me that gift of to fear to anyone else but him. To be scared of anyone else but him. But fearful? Yes, I am. Fearful because others don't realize that I am human too. That we are human too. Why? Because they have some belief that we are created from something else because the God they think they serve could not have created human beings like us. This is all man-based, all man-based, all prejudice and hatred, all being coupled up into one little bowl and then turned out here and making us and telling and being fed to us and making us feel like we aren't worthy, that we don't belong. But right here in that scripture, it tells us we're marvelous and wonderful. Some mornings I wake up and I look outside and I feel like I have imposter syndrome because I'm not supposed to be where I am. But who said that? It was the naysayers and the people that don't look for my benefit that would say things like that. Because God created this. God created me, knew my struggle, and knew that I would be able to handle it. Or was that the test? Can you handle it? Can you make it through and still maintain your integrity and, and your love for yourself? We have to believe. I had to believe, yes, I am beautiful. And beauty is not an aesthetic. Beauty is knowing that your love for other human beings is paramount. 
knowing that your respect for other human beings is what really gets to your soul. When you sleep at night, who do you look to? Huh? You look to God for him to guide you, but we don't listen to his word. We go to bed at times thinking, I'm not worthy. I have no value. Oh God, another day. And then we wake up and we go to social media and we say, thank God for another day. But do you mean it? Or do you get up and you say, thank God for another day. Oh crap. I gotta go live this all over again. No, I get up. And every day that I say that I'm thankful for, yes, I know may be filled with trials and tribulations. Yes, I know things may not go right. But what I do know is that because I am wonderfully made and that I am marvelous, I will make it through. I will not allow myself to suffer, to feel shame for my truth because I'm wonderful. And each of you, every one of you out there needs to realize, look into your mirror and know and believe in the scriptures that you read. Do not and never, ever, ever let anyone else make you feel that they have the power to tell you what God thinks of you. Because in Psalm 139, verse 14, it tells us, we're all wonderful. We're all marvelous. So stand strong. For my trans brothers and sisters, we are in the midst of a war and we're handling it very well so far. But we must remember to look to our allies, to those we trust, to support and to help us in this time. And to those of you that are not trans, just remember that you cannot feel anyone else's pain unless you have lived it. So when someone tells you their pain, don't try to question it. Try to help them, try to support them because we are wonderfully made and we are marvelous. And we will succeed together. Thank you. Happy Pride. Hey, it feels so good to share with you today. This feels so right. Um, but I'd be lying if I said the vulnerability of this moment, me talking to you about me and pride and God doesn't feel scary because it actually does. I mean, it's just me staring and talking at my computer here about to bear my soul, at least some of it, and I can't even see you. I can't rely on seeing my fabulous brothers of queer black men in the middle in the audience right now. I can't rely on their eye contact or their brother nods as a North Star to signal to me that it's okay, that I'm okay, and we're gonna be okay. 
I'm in this room alone and I can't see you. But it's interesting because I know that you're there. And you're not just there, but in this church, you actually see me. I feel like the psalmist came to a similar conclusion in this text, Psalm 139, in processing his relationship with God. He reports that breaking news, God's presence is both vertical and horizontal, both up there and here among us, and even down there. Even when we can't physically see God, God sees and knows us. That's really something interesting to meditate on. So I was born and raised in a faith tradition that I'll always give credit to for introducing me to Jesus. But it always felt like a small, tiny Jesus, an infant and immature and stunted even version of God that just couldn't fully process or see me and know me. For that version of God, my sexuality is a defect, a diversion from what ought to have been a beautiful and normal plan for my life. A version of God that still causes my family to be sad that I turned out, turned out to be queer. <laughs> like fried chicken that looked amazing, but was undercooked and had salmonella. Disappointment. And let's just say that they're still praying. Internalized homophobia is how I talk about it with my therapist. As she continues to help me get free. Um, and I thank God for freedom. This psalm reminds me of two important things that I feel it's important to say. One, God created me full stop, period. Two, truth is, I have always been fully seen and accepted and known by God. And yes, that makes me smile. Even when that doesn't feel true with my parents and my siblings or with the white people at work or by the police, but also even when I, I struggle to accept me. It's good to know that I'm seen and accepted and known by God. And I've got to say, it's so good to be reminded by this passage that God seeing and knowing is actually inescapable. God is there on the best days, there in depressing, deprecating, and uncertain moments when the weight of the world feels pressed deep into my neck and when my breath feels fleeting. It's good to know that God is there. God is here. And it's that version of God that makes me feel whole, known, and proud. Finally, 